pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. Hey! Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's June, it's the 14th of June. It's 2017, it's a Wednesday, we have... Three early games, 11 late games, and we have golf starting you know, in a couple days. So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit with our resident golf expert here and our normal Wednesday co-host, uh, Notorious. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Bittersweet night for me. Uh, having a pretty good night, but I took out uh, Frenchie Cordero, who hit two home runs, which you just told me about. So, so yeah, I mean, that a little bittersweet, but still be a pretty good night. And uh yeah, next time Joe Ross pitches, will you just uh, send me a text and tell me to stack the Nationals? <laughs> they keep putting up a bunch of runs every Five time. Five of its eight starts have been at least 11 runs, I think. I have a note. I, I know you have my screen on, right, where you can see my screen. Look. Yeah, let me pull it up. Look. <laughs> yeah. It, I didn't that, do it. That sits on my monitor. It says Joe Ross, Washington Bats. Yep. <laughs> I swear it's on my – and you can attest for it now. It's on my screen, so <laughs> – um, yeah, interesting night. Um, you know, that guy, you know, he scored, he outscored my, um, Buck Farmer. So I actually, it looks like I'm going to min cash now that that guy hit two home runs. Um, so I'm, I'll take it, you know, when you play four teams and three of them have Buck Farmer, you know, and you can min cash and break even, you know, you're definitely going to be happy. Yeah, for sure. So, but I'm excited to get jumped into this slate, we're going to get started with Cincinnati at San Diego. Amir Garrett and Chassin, eight and a half total here. Chassin, a favorite at 122. You know, we look at this slate and, you know, we have three games, and I really don't like any of the pitchers on this slate. Maybe Cueto. We'll talk about him. But, you know, is Chassin an option here? Yeah, I think he has to be just because you can't really trust any of these other guys. Do you remember the beginning of the season when Amir Garrett was a thing? Yeah, but he just every time he gets done like with a start, it's like you know he's doing MRIs or stuff, and it's just I, I just don't think he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know, but he's been bad. Uh, he already up seven point four, ten percent walk rate. Can't use him uh, even against the Padres. But yeah, I think Chelsea's fine. I mean, the Reds aren't a team that strike out that often, but you know they're not really that imposing, especially in this ballpark. So if you're playing on you know DraftKings two pitcher sites, I don't hate him. It really is going to depend on the lineup. If we see like six or seven righties in this lineup, Chasin's really good against righties. Um, the strikeout rate is really high at twenty five percent. You know, he just he just stinks against lefties, and um, Votto definitely profiles well against him when I was looking at it, and so does Shebler. So you know, you have to worry about those two big bats. But you know, do you really worry about Billy Hamilton being a guy you're gonna you know worry about? <laughs> it's just like. I think Chassin's in play. Um, and then on the other side, Amir Garrett's. We love lefties against San Diego. We like any kind of pitchers, but I just don't think he's healthy. And there's one guy on the Padres that I love here today. Yeah, there's a couple guys on the Padres I think you can look at. So, yeah, not too interested in Garrett. And when it comes to Billy Hamilton, I mean, he's going to run on anybody, but Chassin's pretty good at holding on runners. So, so yeah, I think Votto and Shebler are probably your plays on Cincinnati. All right. I agree. Those are the two guys I wanted to talk about. So we'll talk about the Padres. And how do you not like Hunter Renfro in this spot? Yeah, got to like him. 388. Expect a Woba against lefties. Also like uh, Jose Perella batting leadoff. Uh, he's been really good in that spot. Uh, I think he's having a pretty good game again tonight. Uh, Will Myers, always good against lefties. So I think you can play those three. Uh, if you want to make it a stack, you can put in Hedges. You can put in Sorlarte. So I think it's a pretty interesting spot for the Padres. I will, I will say one thing about Will Myers, you know, it's a small sample size. It's only like 55, 56 plate appearances now against lefties. 
he's a 160 ISO and a 32% K rate. Um, you know, he's he struggled a little bit with lefties this season. So I think it's going to be Renfro and then the leadoff hitter, like you said. And there's another spot that I'm going to attack with some bats here. All right. Kansas City at San Francisco, Jason Hamill against Johnny Cueto. Uh, you're the cash game guy. Is Cueto the cash play here? Yeah, he's a tournament play too. I don't think you can get away with not playing him in the, if you're playing this three-game slate. Uh, you know, the Royals aren't very good against right-handed pitching. They're not very good on the road. Gets to face them in a pitcher's park. Uh, you know, his ERA is a little bit higher than it was last year, but, you know, his peripherals are pretty much the same other than his hard contact rate. So, yeah, I think you got to just play Cueto and eat the chalk. Yeah, as much as you don't want to, I think I agree with you, especially if you're playing on a two-pitcher site. If you're playing on FanDuel, if you're playing tournaments, I could see risking it, but you could definitely just differentiate yourself with some bats um, instead of you know just fading him here. Jason Hamill on the other side, he just doesn't look right this season. I think there's something wrong with him, or he just sucks, uh, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, the move to the American League hasn't been that nice to him. Uh, he does get a pitch in a National League park today. And uh, the Giants are ranked 29th against uh, right-handed pitching this season in terms of weighted on-base average. But, yeah, I don't I don't think you can look at him. I probably prefer Chassin or uh, maybe even Roark, who we'll get to. The only thing that I will make a case for Jason Hamill, because the guy has, you know, a 5 Sierra, the XFIP is 528, the hard contact is 32%. The contact rate is up. The swing and strike rate is down. The one case that I will make for Hamill is he has a 44.3% fly ball rate, and it's in San Francisco. So yeah, the ball's flying out of Kansas City on him, so I don't know if it's going to help him that much. But um, <laughs> that's the one case to be made, right? It's going to right into Triple's Alley. Yeah, that's where they're so, going. <laughs> probably. Uh, any Royals bats that you like here against Cueto? Not really. I don't see anything like, you know, you want big power lefties against Cueto and, you know, outside of Moustakis, there's just none on this team. Yeah, he's the only guy I was going to bring up. So Bonificio has been a guy that I've been playing against righties, but we look at Cueto and he has pretty good, um, you know, hard contact rate numbers. I think I'll stay away here. Yeah, I agree. 27% hard contact, 285x Woba. So, yeah. Uh, we look at the Giants here against Hamill. Um, I don't see a lot of home run upside here, but I could see this team putting up four or five runs on Jason Hamill and getting Chris Young out of that bullpen. Ooh, I'd love that. Uh, we love the lefties against Chris Young, so uh, you can look at uh, Span, Belt, Crawford maybe. I mean, we only have – if we don't target the Royals, we only have five offenses to choose from. So I think uh, Giants are definitely in play. Like you mentioned, I don't think there's a ton of home run upside, but I do think they're in a pretty decent spot against Hamill. Because yeah, I don't think he pitched today. Young, that is. Yeah. Yeah, Vargas is still in the game right now, so I don't think we'll see Chris Young in that game. So I think the last time he threw was Sunday. It could have been Monday. I could be wrong, but he would be the long reliever, I would think. Yeah, they didn't play Monday. So he last time he threw was Sunday. So if Hamill gets in trouble here um, and they're, they're up in this game, I think it will be Chris Young. So you got to remember that. Like, you get the benefit of attacking Hamill, and then you get the a benefit of attacking Chris Young, who's just been at gas camp for a couple years now. If we could just forecast when he's going to come into the game. Oh, dude, I try to do as much as I can. Like, <laughs> like he'll he'll throw like two or three innings, and I'm like, all right, can't attack it for a couple of days, and then you know you attack it again. So, um, yeah, I think this is actually one of those spots where I think if Hamill gets blown up, um, yeah, it looks like Sunday was the last time he pitched. So, um, all right, let's move on. Atlanta at Washington. I think this is going to be the chalky game when it comes to bats. Julio Tehran against Tanner Rorick. Um, what's your thoughts on Rorick? I'm guessing you don't like Julio here. Yeah, don't like Tehran. Uh, he's been really bad, especially at home this season. I do wish this game was being played in Atlanta. We could just load up on the lefties. Oh but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Rorick's fine. He's not really a guy that I usually play a lot. Kind of a limited upside uh, pitcher, you know. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of hard contact. Gets a lot of outs. He's probably a better real-life pitcher than he is in uh, Daily Fantasy. But I think you can look at him in this three-game slate. He's probably the number two to Cueto. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like The thing is, like his numbers against righties, his hard-to-soft contact ratio is elite. Um, but you know he tends to struggle a little bit with lefties. And you know we look at this lineup, and it's just like, 
that's what's been beating teams, right? Like it's been the lefties that have just been putting up the runs and like this game has a nine and a half total. I think I think I'm gonna stay away from Rourke. You know, I don't mind eating the chalk with Cueto, but I think I'm gonna stay away from Rourke. So you like Chassin as your number two? I think that I would play Chassin. I don't think a lot of people would do it, so I think I can be different there. Yeah, I don't mind it. I think they're pretty close, and you know, you get a little bit of a discount with Chassin. I think he's seventy-one, and uh, Roark's eighty-seven. So, yeah, you can get a couple extra bats in there. And by the way, I think Chris Young didn't pitch. I think he pitched last Friday. <laughs> like that was the last time he pitched. So, yeah, they need to get him out there. Yeah, he needs to. <laughs> he needs to work some here. So, yeah, he pitched. Um, he pitched on Friday. That was the last time he pitched. So he's definitely ready to come in there. Just saying. Um, you know, you look at the Braves team and they're they're rolling right now, right? Like they beat up Strasburg and you know, tonight they hit um Joe Ross a little bit. Like you know, I think they're interesting here. Yeah, I really thought when Freddie Freeman went down that they were just gonna struggle, but they've been awesome. Matt Adams has been huge for this team. Uh, you know, gives Kemp some protection in the lineup. We've seen, you know, Enciarte, Marquecas, Flowers all be hitting the ball well, so yeah, I mean, this isn't the best ballpark, but it should probably be pretty hot in Washington. I haven't checked the weather, but it's a nine and a half total. Probably going to be pretty hot. There's got to be a reason, right? Like, yeah. There's got to be a reason the total is that high. Yeah. Also, Tanner Rourke's uh, swing and strike rate this season is 8.79 against lefties. Um, throwing his two-seam fastball a lot at around 92 miles an hour, and um, we look at Matt Adams against that type and that speed of pitches and um you know 333 iso this season and at that fastball range so like uh like uh, big old at matt adams one more time here today as far as the nationals go love the lefties um good ones in that two spot harper murphy weeders all these guys in play yeah you got to play the lefties Tehran 343 x woba 35 percent hard contact rate uh, nearly walks as many batters as he strikes out from the left side so yeah like you mentioned all the guys from the left side uh goodwin harper murphy weeders uh and then you can throw in turner and ryan zimmerman hit a couple home runs last night he's back right 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 coming back right back, yeah. back in the lineup couple home runs um i hope everybody watched the the 330 show where i saw that ryan rayburn was in the lineup and i said play him because he had massive bvp at triple his first at bat against dickie that's nice. Doesn't uh, Jason Worth have good BVP against him? He does. He does. Yeah. That is something I always remember. I don't know why that like sticks with you, like because yeah. maybe it's Jason Worth, and it's just like, ah, hey, you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, it is weird because he's so bad against righties. So all right, timestamp this really quick, and let's move on to the late slate. Let's move on to the main slate here. We're gonna get started with Colorado at Pittsburgh. Um, German Marquis against Chad Cool. Uh, eight and a half total, and it's a pick'em game. Uh, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, not too interested in either of these pitchers. Uh, Marquis at a 23% strikeout rate this season, but he does give up a lot of hard contact. Uh, the Pirates, not really a great offense, but they don't strike out at a high rate. They draw a lot of walks, so not really a perfect matchup for a pitcher. And then Cool, he just can't get lefties out, so he's going to have trouble with uh, black men and cargo. Um, yeah, what about you? See, the thing is, like, black men worries me. Cargo's in a massive slump. Um, it depend on obviously who's catching, but if we get like six or seven righties here, I don't think Chad Cool's the worst option in the world. Um, you know, you you face a tough offense here in Colorado, and then on the flip side here, I don't think I don't think German Marquis is the worst play in the world either. Um, you know, it's a really right-handed heavy Pirates lineup, and we look, and his swing and strike rate is about five point five percent higher against righties and lefties this season. So like. I think both these guys are interesting. Um, I will say, I, I'll say they're interesting because when I was breaking down the slate before we got started, I don't like a lot of pitchers today. Yeah, I was just scrolling through the list. I was going to bring up names to bring up, be like, yeah, I would you rather play this guy, but there aren't many of those guys in the slate. So it's a, it's a, there's a lot of nine, nine and a half, ten, ten, ten and a half totals here on this slate. So we get an eight and a half total. We get a pitcher's ballpark. I actually don't hate either one of these guys. Yeah. I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go with cool just because you mentioned if they only have two or three, three lefties in their lineup, if Walters plays a uh, catcher, then, then yeah, he could uh, have some different, decent uh, platoon advantage here. It, yeah, it's really going to be lineup dependent. Um, 
you know, just kind of looking at the plate IQ tool and looking at the heat graphs um, for Arenado and stuff, you know, he definitely has a favorable matchup. But we look at cool against righties this season, and you know, you just kind of hope that he keeps it in the ballpark, right? That's all, yeah. all you're kind of hoping for. And he's only 4,700 on DraftKings, so. Oh, 4,700. It's like a reliever press. Yeah, man, that's that's interesting for a guy that, you know, 288 Wobo against righties, so it's interesting. Uh, as far as bats go on the Rockies, I think we kind of mentioned it, Blackman. Yeah, Blackman for sure. I don't mind taking a shot on Cargo. I know he's been something, but uh, 3,200 on DraftKings is really cheap, and Cool's allowed a 38% hard contact to lefties. So I don't mind going there as a one-off, uh, but Blackman's probably the best play for sure. You just got to keep playing cargo, right? Like I've lost, I've played him the last three or four days at this price. And like, I'm just going to keep playing him. There's... Yeah, the second you don't, he'll, he'll pop off. So if you're making multiple teams, I think you have to have cargo on a team um, just until that big game comes. Cause it's going to come on the Pittsburgh side. Um, you know, outside of Polanco as a one-off, I really don't like anything here. Yeah. Uh, if you look at, you know, Marquez's, Splits, kind of a reverse splits guy so far. The sample size is pretty small, only 12 starts in the last two years. But 336 X-Woba and 37% uh, hard contact rate to righties. But unfortunately, the Pirates don't really have any righties that I want to target. So maybe Elias Diaz catching if he's uh, batting seventh game. Cerevelli is supposed to come back um, today. So oh, we'll, we'll see. Never mind then. He went on the seven day DL last Tuesday for concussion. So, you know, today would be the day he's eligible. So it'd be interesting to see if he's back. Um, I like Diaz too. I've been playing him a bunch. He's been a nice little source of value that nobody's yeah. like touched. It's been interesting. Anyway, we move on to Boston at Philadelphia, Brian Johnson against Jeremy Hellickson. This is a flip-flop series now, so we're going from Boston to Philadelphia. Um, we'll get two games Wednesday and Thursday in the Philly. So we go from a good ballpark to a better ballpark. <laughs> yeah, small ballpark to an even smaller one. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I don't – See, the thing is, I'm going to say this about a couple guys today. Like, there's a couple fringe options, and I feel like Brian Johnson's a fringe option today. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the Phillies, if you look at their so lineup. So frustrating. I mean, their two through seven batters are actually pretty good against uh, righties. I know they lost Cesar Hernandez for a little bit, but they still have Kendrick out there, Joseph, Franco, Rupp, Nava. I mean, they've got some decent righties in their lineup. I know. <sighs> yeah. I guess at 6,500, I would probably just go down to, like, Chad Cool, you know, like we kind of already talked about. So Our, our boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's options at the top that we'll talk about when we get going here. But, um, yeah, I guess that makes – I don't I don't really want to target a pitcher in Philly. Jeremy Hellickson, um, you know, this is a great spot for the, the Red Sox bats to finally wake up. Yeah, 10% strikeout rate this year with the 36%. Oh, sorry. Yeah, ground ball rate uh, in a small ballpark. So they're going to be getting in there. So, yeah, if, if they can uh, hit a few home runs, I'll be happy. Yeah, well, I'm hoping we're going to get some home runs here. It'd be nice. Um, you know, you keep targeting these guys, and it's just like, you know, eventually the Sox are going to show up, right? And, you know, hopefully <laughs> this is the spot where all those days we've been playing these guys, um, they get it going. But, yeah, this is another spot where I'm definitely going to be attacking the Red Sox. Uh, you mentioned all those righties for Philly. Um, and you just look at Rupp, and he's just so frustrating. It's just like I think my the most interesting guy would probably be Althier. Um, but I really don't know what I want to do with the Phillies here. Yeah. I mean, Tommy Joseph is good, but he plays first base, so it's kind of hard to play him over some of the other names. I always like Cameron Rupp. just depends on where he bats in the lineup. I think tonight against uh, Dave Price, he's batting eighth, which kind of sucks. But if he's up a couple spots, I'd like him. Uh, Nava's been really good in that two-hole. So I think you can look at, you know, I mean, their bats are so cheap, and the matchup's good against Johnson, and it's a good ballpark. So I think this could be a good uh, lineup to target for value. All right. Well, we'll have to kind of see what the lineup looks like when it comes out. Um, you know, you pick and pick and choose your spots. But moving on, Tampa at Toronto, Jake Odorizzi against Francisco Lariano. Odorizzi, a reverse splits pitcher against a team full of right-handed bats. 
Yeah, exactly. And he's not good on the road. So I don't think you want to play him in this spot. Yep. Um, Francisco Lariano interest you at all here? Uh, I mean, the Rays, I think they have the highest strikeout rate against lefties this season. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I can pull that up real quick. Uh, it's up there. If it's not the highest, 20, it's close. 20, 28th, and then they're 23rd in uh, team weighted on base average. So it's a good matchup. Uh, but yeah, he's Francisco Liriano. So he's either going to dominate or get shelled. The projected Braves lineup on the on the Rotor Grinders website, they have a 28 or 26.5% strikeout rate. Oh my gosh. And it's bad too. They have one guy with a ex Woba over 325. You know, Francisco Liriano is probably that tournament pitcher you target on the slate and you make a raise hedge stack if you play him more than, you know, yeah. 50, 40 percent here. He's fifty eight hundred. He's what? Yeah. Yeah, I like him now. Ah, oh, he just solved our, you know, SP two yeah. issue that we you know we're wanting to talk about. Like at that price, you can take a shot on him in cash game. And now you're still talking volatile, crazy, but, but still volatile. But I mean, with some of the other options that we're going to get to, I mean, it's not like we got any safe options in this league. He's faced Tampa twice in the last month and a half. Um, put up twenty and put up five point seven. The five point seven was in Tampa. The other one was in Toronto. He only allowed three earned runs. He just gave up some hits and you, God, five walks, four walks. Man, this guy just walks so many people. He does walks, walks, and then he gives up a shot, and then yeah, it's just. He's frustrating, but I think he has some upside in this spot. You know, he's faced Tampa three times this season. That's the only downfall to playing him here. Yeah, that's an interesting slate. A lot of cheap pitchers. Um, the Blue Jays, what are we looking at here against Odorizzi? All the righties. So we got Donaldson, Bautista, uh, Pilar's decent batting leadoff. And then uh, I always like Kendrys Morales. You know, he's a guy that has – one of the biggest differences between his uh, Woba and ex-Woba in the majors uh, against right-handed pitching, I believe it's like 80 percentage points right now. So uh, I always like targeting him just because people just see the weighted on base average and think to avoid him. All right, so I'm going to have to dig into this, but Jake Odorizzi has destroyed the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, no. Um, in 166 at-bats, they have a 157 average against them. Whew. Josh Donaldson's 5 for 20 with four home runs. Oh, that's fine. Morales is four for nine with two doubles. He's he's the only guy over three hundred against him. Um, Pilar five for twenty three. Smoke two for sixteen. Baptista three for thirty. Tulowitzki oh, one for fourteen. Russell Martin one for seventeen. So if you believe in BVP, um, hmm. this is really interesting. Um, yeah, man. I'd, I'd have some interest if the game was in Tampa. I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm, Toronto. I think I'm with you, but I'm gonna. I, I want to dig into the stats and find out why he owns them so much. Because even two starts this season, he's put up 19 and 28 against them this year, both in Tampa, for what it's worth. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, interesting. I'm gonna have to look at the pitch profile a little bit more there to see. Because if it's if he's throwing something that they're just not hitting well, they don't hit. What is it? Changeups, right? Uh, or yeah, sliders. You, UNC is not that better than I do. Yeah, I think it's sliders. But, yeah, I'm going to have to dig into that more. Um, if you have fantasy draft incentives, you know, or premium, whatever you want to say it, you know, I write the pitching article there on Wednesday, so we'll see. Chicago at New York, Mike Montgomery, Matt Harvey. Um, pick em game, nine total. It's a pick em game. Man, Matt Harvey's terrible. Like, I, I, really, I really have been picking on – the Cubs a lot, but it couldn't do it today with Wheeler. I can't do it today with Harvey. Like, <sighs> yeah. yeah, Harvey's basically. If you just look at the stats alone, he's like uh, Bartolo Colon with worst command at this point. <laughs> he's that bad. Uh, same hard contact rate, same Sierra, lower strikeout rate almost. He couldn't break twenty against San Diego. He's not going to do it against the Cubs. Let's put it that way. Yeah. For sure. His best start was against San Diego. He's gone over five innings one time in the last eight games. Uh, don't play Matt Harvey, even at 6K. Um, he's just not Matt Harvey that you're used to. 
Yeah, Mike Montgomery on the other side here. We look at the numbers since last year. You know, decent WOBA against righties. Um, you look at the numbers against lefties, really solid. 252 WOBA. Uh, the hard soft contact ratio is, you know, in that uh, almost like in between average and elite, whatever you want to call it. Above average, I guess, is what we call it here. So what's your thoughts on him in this spot? Well, I mean, most of his work's been out of the bullpen this year. Uh, in his one start, he pitched four innings through 73 pitches. Um, you know, struggled with his command a little bit. So, I mean, I'm always hesitant to take guys that have been relievers all season and they kind of plug him in for a couple spot starts. I like the prize, but I don't know. The Mets have kind of been swinging well. They got Cespedes back. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem, right? Like... You know, Cespedes, we know Flores hits lefties well. Ligaris will probably play. I don't know. Estrubo Cabrera went on the DL. That takes one of the right-handed bats. I guess TJ Rivera or whatever his name would be in there. But You know who's actually pretty good against uh, lefties? It's Jose Reyes. And we can't stand the guy, but. Yeah, Jose Reyes. Whatever. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be batting eighth anyway, but. Yeah, I expect like Bruce or Conforto to sit. Um, I know one of them sat today. The other one will probably sit tomorrow or Wednesday, whatever you want to think of it. So, Lagares would be in there. I, I just think this is a spot, like you said. I think I'm going to stay away from Montgomery. I wouldn't be shocked here if he pitches a good game, though. Yeah, how many games in City Field have an over-under of nine? Not many. Um, yeah. Matt Harvey, let's talk, um, <laughs> let's talk Cubs bats. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, I love the lefties. Uh, Rizzo had that huge game. Actually, the whole Cubs had you know massive games. But I like Rizzo. I like Hap. Um, Bryant's always good uh, against righties, even though he has lefties well, too. I don't know about Hayward and Schwarber. They're two kind of guys I haven't been playing a whole lot of. Um, but Schwarber does have some positive regression coming. He has nearly 60 points, uh, percentage points above his weight on base average when you look at his uh, expected weight on base average. So you look at him if he's batting sixth again. Yeah, basically anybody against Matt Harvey's fine with me. We talked about it yesterday, me and Andy. Um, just reiterated, you, anytime you have a guy that's throwing over 93 miles an hour, Chris Bryant is just a, a lock and load play. Uh, this is another spot. Matt Harvey this season against right-handed bats, he's thrown his fastball or two-seam fastball or four-seam fastball, which pretty much the same pitch, um, over 50% of the time, like right at 54%. We talked about it yesterday. Chris Bryant with that that speed, um, he has a 400 ISO and a 529 X Woba um, this season against right-handed pitchers that throw that speed. We look at it last season. It's really close, um, you know, the number, as far as the numbers go, 300 ISO, 436 X Woba, anything over 92 miles an hour, this guy just smashes. So um, another lock and load spot for Chris Bryant today. Yeah, I love that stat. Uh, definitely be playing him. You can look at Miguel Montero too if he happens to crack the lineup. If Miguel Cabrera or Montero cracks the lineup, you have to like Juan Ligaris here because Miguel yeah. Montero can't throw out Stevie if he was trying to steal second base. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I used to be pretty fast. Um, I got fat and old when I got hurt. Still are fat. <laughs> um, all right. Wilmer Flores, anything else? Uh, Cespedes, no Walker. Sure. I don't mind those guys. Uh, Cespedes, yeah. definitely. I always I forget that he's back in the lineup, and he mashes left-handed pitching. Yeah. All right, moving on. Dodgers at Indians. Uh, Brandon McCarthy against Corey Kluber. Uh, eight total here. Kluber, a 151 favorite. So we think Kluber, we think one of the aces. Um, you know, we had he had those early season woes um, that he has almost every year. But, you know, since then, we just look at it. Eight strikeouts, ten strikeouts, four, ten, nine, eight. Like, this guy has really turned it up. The problem is, can we pick on the Dodgers now that Gonzalez is gone and this lineup is getting better with no Gonzalez? Yeah, I really don't want to play a right-handed pitcher against the Dodgers. Uh, if you look at their hard contact rate, seven of their projected starters have at least a 35%. They all mash the ball in terms of weight on base average, ISO. Uh, they draw a decent amount of walks. But they do strike out quite a bit. Um and we don't really have any other options on the slate, so I think Kluber's got to be the number one. There is another option on the slate. I can't wait to talk about him. Oh, not Irvin Santana. 
Oh God, no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I haven't played. Ur- I haven't Canada? played. No, I haven't played Urban Santana in months. Um, yeah, neither have I. But he's just, him and Wade Miley just crush it every time they go. It's definitely. It's not Pineda either. We'll talk about it. Um, don't worry. I, I think Kluver is in play. Um, I think he's really risky. We talked about it yesterday. Like Adrian Gonzalez going out of this lineup just boosts this lineup. Um, we talked about Bellandry at two home runs. Like you know. This lineup gets better now that Jock's back too. Like, I just I don't know if I can do it. I know Corey Kluber is in his own tier, but like, man, yeah, he's gonna be the chalk, right? I would think so. Well, Michael Pineda is probably gonna be the chalk. cash games, yeah, yeah, those two are probably gonna be the chalk. But I mean, this is certainly a spot where you can fade him if you don't. Giving up more than three earned runs in three of his last four starts. Our contacts up this season. I don't know. Like you said, you know, top top option wise, um, you know, there's not many better on the slate for sure. If yeah. anybody. Um, Brandon McCarthy, any interest here? No. I I, <laughs> I think it. I think it's pretty yeah. clear that um, the Indians team just not striking out a bunch this season. Yeah, Kershaw struggled a bit with them. More of his fastball command than the Indians' offense, but yeah. Yeah, it was just an interesting spot for Kershaw. Um, bats on the Dodgers' side, like I definitely have interest in Bellinger as a one-off. Um, anybody else? For me, I mean, we have so many bad pitching options on this slate. Yeah. I just don't think I'm going to end up clicking any Dodgers' names. But yeah, Bellinger's been red right off. Yeah, like, you know, I talk about it all the time. Grindall's a guy you want to target really high fastball velocities, and uh, Clover is not one of those guys. So I think Bellinger would be the only guy that I'd have one-off exposure here. And then on the Indian side, outside of Kipnis, Lindor, maybe Brantley, I hate playing Santana because he's a first baseman and he just never seems to have that upside. Yeah, kind of agree. I don't love McCarthy here, but I don't really love the Indians either. McCarthy is one of the few pitchers in baseball that has a higher soft contact and hard contact rate this year. So, yeah, I mean, Kipnis, Brantley, Lindor are fine, but I'm probably not going to have a lot of exposure to either offense in this one. Arizona at Detroit. Walker against Jordan Zimmerman. Nine total. Uh, Vegas is smoking. Here's your pitcher, Zimmerman. (laughs) Vegas is smoking crack. Um, Jordan Zimmerman is a 133 favorite here. <laughs> How is it? Nine? How is it a nine? I, I don't understand. Jordan Zimmerman should never be a favorite. <laughs> he's just he's so bad. That anyway. is going to come up, right? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Wasn't Why? tonight's game a nine with uh, Granky? Yeah. Oh man. Hmm. So the the picture that I was interested in was Walker, and then I looked at his stats a little bit more, and I think I'm staying corrected. Yeah, I don't know who we're gonna pitch tonight. Yeah, um, it might be Pineda, which it's gotta be. <laughs> makes my heart hurt. Um, anyway. I was just I was really interested in Walker because I thought he was a guy that was really good against righties and bad against lefties, but his swing and strike rate against lefties this season is 13%. It's 7.6% against righties. Uh, the ISO numbers against righties is down. The XWOB is only 301. It's just, man, um, man, I had a lot more interest. And we, we you know, Zimmerman on the other side, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks are 30th in Team Woba and WRC Plus against righties on the road this season. But Jordan Zimmerman sucks. Um, you can definitely play some <laughs> Arizona bats here. Yeah, if anything's going to get them out of that road slump, it's going to be a matchup against Zimmerman. Oh, it was the matchup against Buck Farmer, which Stevie was all in. <laughs> that, that got him warmed up, and now they're just going to go off. Oh, no, Zimmerman's going to throw a gym here, and I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> maybe, maybe Vegas knows what they're doing. Maybe I like if Zimmerman if Zimmerman goes out and pitches a good game, you guys can expect the podcast to be Thursday morning instead of tomorrow night. <laughs> um, as far as the Diamondbacks go, Blanco's been batting leadoff, nice little source of value. Peralta, Goldschmidt, Lamb, um, 
don't know if I'll play the righties here. I just maybe I don't know. I think you can. I mean, it doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, but it's still a 350 X Woba. It's only a 14% strikeout rate against righties. So, I mean, I still think you can look at Goldschmidt, Owings. You know, Drury had that big game last night. Yeah, I think you can play one through six here. It's just like Drury's price has come up to 3,700. Price is starting to catch up with some of the performance. So, I don't know. Yeah, more of a fan duel play, probably. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's well, – Fandle takes a month to change their pricing, so we're good. <laughs> um, as far as the Tigers go, like like I said, I was, like, really interested in Walker, and I started looking at his you know, stuff, and, um, man, he's just he, – he's thrown his fastball 53% of the time this season, and it actually has a 248 Woba against righties. So, I don't know, this might be a spot that I don't play Walker, but I don't stack against him either. Yeah, I don't mind that. I definitely don't want to play Walker, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that struggled with home runs throughout his career, been a little bit better the last couple of years, but we know the Tigers can score runs and, you know, put them on the board quickly. I like Alex Avila a lot. I wish he was cheaper. 4,200 is kind of expensive for him, but, uh, you know, Miggy's only 3,400. Kinsler's only 3,600. Uh, those are awfully cheap prices for uh, the Tigers at home. All right. Let's move on. Texas at Houston. Andrew Kashner against Francis Martiz. Um, nine and a half total here. Um, One forty-six line on the Houston side. Kashner, man, I, I hate this guy. I really do. Um, every time I stack against this guy, it just doesn't work out for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, higher walk rate, the strikeout rate. Sierra is nearly three runs higher than his ERA this season. It's coming. I say it every time, and it just doesn't <laughs> happen. Hey, it happened with Wade Miley the other night. So yeah, but that was a terrible spot. Like there was a no worse team than picking on the White Sox left, like left-handed pitching. Hey, Astros are ranked second against righties. Oh, the Astros are just good. Ah. Uh, Let's see. Man, so I love Springer Correa Altuve yesterday because um, who was pitching? Nick Martinez average is like 93.2 mile hour fastball and he threw it a lot. Well, Andrew Kashner against righties throws his fastball 57% of the time and it averages 92.93. And uh, those guys profile so well at anything over like 92 miles an hour. So I think Springer Altuve Correa. Excellent plays yet again. Um, another day I'm going to stack against uh, Kashner. Yeah, I like the lefties too. If Marwin's batting second again, uh, Beltron, McCann. Yeah, the only downside with the righties, uh, Kashner does have a 56% ground ball rate against righties, but I think I'm fine with the Astro stack. Yeah, we're just playing for home runs. Um, yeah. On the other side of this game, we look at Francis Martiz. 78 pitches in that start against the L.A., pretty tough spot. You know, anytime you face a team that just doesn't strike out a bunch in your first major league start, it's going to be kind of brutal. Um, we look at the AAA numbers this season, 10% swinging strike rate, but the numbers that stand out to me is he has a 17% walk rate in uh, AAA this season. It's K for 9 is solid, but when you have a whip of 2.1, I'm never going to play you. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a good fastball. Uh, you know, looks like he's averaging around 95 in his last start. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the high strikeout rate, but that whip's crazy. You know who's starting to warm up is Odor. 380 hey. Babbitt, though. That's not. In, Who, Odor? In, in, no, uh, Marte in the in the minors this season. That's passive, but still. Two, two, two whip? Yeah. Like that that walk rate has nothing to do with that Babbitt. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um saying, man, Odor's warming up. Wonder how he does against fast fastballs. How hard did you say that guy throws? Uh his last start he averaged ninety five. So ninety three to ninety six miles an hour. Odor has a three sixty four ISO with a three seventy seven Woba this season. I like that. Yeah. Nice little tidbit there. So, and I like the fact that he's warming up. I mean, that's always what I want to see. I think Nomar Mazzara is another guy. Nomar Mazzara, no, he he hits slow fastballs. Okay, so that's he's opposite. 
You know yep. who I wish was priced for their production is Shinsu Chu. He seems so expensive all the time. Is he? Like, like he's a guy that should have better numbers against uh, righties when you look at you know his ex-woba and hard contact and all that, but he's always priced up, 4400 on DraftKings. You want to guess what his ex-woba is against 93 to 96 mile hour fastballs oh. against righties? Tell me it's good. 477. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, nice little little information here on the Texas side. Yeah. We talked about the Houston side. Let's move on. Baltimore and Chicago, Dylan Bundy against Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, Ten total here, massive total. Bundy, a 123 favorite. Both of these teams uh, over a 475 implied team total. Um, guess we don't like the pitchers here. Yeah, not really. And, uh, yeah, I need to give me some sticky notes. That was a... I need to put that right on my that little Shinsu Chu note right on my computer. But, uh, but yeah, Bundy, not a ton of interest. I mean, we know the Sox struggle against righties, but if you look at their numbers over the last month or so, they've actually been you know pretty decent. Uh, definitely not as bad as they were earlier in the year. So I'm not going to pick on them too much, uh, especially with a guy with the 18% strikeout rate and a 31% ground ball rate. Um, yeah, no interest there. And then Miguel Gonzalez just had a really bad year. 13% strikeout rate just isn't going to get it done. I actually could see Bundy gaining some ownership here today. Yeah, I could see it too, but I don't think I'm going to go there. I'm definitely not going to go there. Um, Baltimore, it was Wade Miley on Monday, got beat up, and they had to go to the bullpen early. And then Asher only threw five innings to on Tuesday, so they went to the bullpen kind of early there. So, like, Bullpen's beat up in uh, Baltimore right now. So if they can get to Bundy, you know, early in this game, they're going to get some tired arms in that bullpen. So how many days does a long reliever usually wait between? Uh, it's usually two days, two to three days. Because um, I know Ubaldo pitched on Monday. Monday. He wouldn't be back yet. Like, it would uh, be one more day. All right. Because I love picking on him. Holy crap. I just realized the Twins put up 20 runs tonight. I told you. God, I love that game today, too. Yeah, I had them stacked up. I just took out Franchi. It would have won. Oh, man. That's all right, though. Um, So let's talk bats here on the Baltimore side. Miguel Gonzalez, um, not typically a guy you want to stack against. He doesn't usually typically give up a bunch of home runs. What's your thoughts here on the Baltimore side? Yeah, kind of agree with you there, but I mean, if you look at his numbers this season, they're just all trending in the wrong direction. His strikeout rate's down, his ground ball rate's down, the hard contact's up, uh, his soft contact rate's down. So, I mean, he's just giving up a lot of medium and hard contact this year. We know the Orioles are very good against uh, right-handed pitching. You know, Miguel Gonzalez has pretty neutral splits, so we can target the lefties and the righties. I actually don't hate a stack here, but yeah, like you mentioned, he's probably just going to give up, you know, three or four runs instead of the you know, seven or eight that we're looking for. Oh, man. He, um, Miguel Gonzalez, his swinging strike rate against lefties this season is 5.5%. Um, it's bad. Yeah. So is, I, I was, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, it's bad. God, he sucks. Chris Davis going to play? No, he went on the DL, didn't he? Oh, yeah. This is uh, probably going to go on the DL. So I don't know. Yeah, I think he's going to end up going on the DL. So we, we'll see Mancini there. So they have one lefty in their lineup now? Yes, that's Smith. That's it. That'll be interesting when they face a good righty. Miguel Gonzalez has an 8% swinging strike rate against righties. I don't want to make sure I, I want to make sure um, I don't like perceive our listeners here. Like it's Yeah, don't play, don't play Gonzalez. Yeah, I just, you know, so if you want to target the Baltimore side here, I definitely don't hate it. Um I definitely like Seth Smith in that leadoff spot. I think this is an interesting spot for him. Um, Trumbo is eventually going to get going, and I think he's still like way underpriced on DraftKings. Thirty-eight hundred. Yeah, Mancini thirty-four, Seth Smith thirty-seven, Jones thirty-four. So you can make a stack pretty cheap. Machado is only forty-one. Forty-one. Yeah. Yeah, Machado should never be. What is he? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteenth first third baseman ever. Yeah. Chris and. Brown. The Orioles stack just let everybody down last night. So, yep. Chris Bryant is a seventh third baseman. Man, it's good spots to take advantage of pricing today already, that I'm seeing. Um, the White Sox side, Dylan Bundy. Um, yeah, I, I like Jose Abreu a lot in the spot. 
you know, we look at Bundy's numbers and um, there's not much to really pick on, but I, I think that like this team's just coming together and um, I, I don't hate the White Sox side, especially, like I said, if they get to that bullpen early. Yeah, I agree. I always like Abreu against fly ball pitchers. Um, same with Avisel Garcia. He's better against lefties, but he's really been turned on lately. Uh, yeah, Matt Davidson homered a couple nights in a row. Yeah, um, I think if I play the White Sox, it'd probably be a stack. Um, just kind of hoping that they get to Bundy early and then they have to get to that bullpen. So that would probably be the way that I would approach the White Sox on the slate. Yeah, I agree. All right, Seattle at Minnesota. Ten and a half total. Irvin Santana, Sam Javigio, Javili, whatever the guy's name is. I don't know. I want, I'm ready for this guy to get sent back down the minor so I don't have to stop trying to pronounce his name. He has a 2.79 ERA. They're going to keep throwing him out there. Yeah, 4.5 Sierra. <laughs> 87% contact rate, 5.8% swinging strike rate. <laughs> I got your stat ERA, game, bro. Right. Yeah, him and Santana. I've taken so much heat on Santana. Everyone just, oh, he's such a good pitcher. I'm like, no, he's not. He's just Santana sucks. Lucky. He's lucky this year. I mean, he's living in hard contact, but he his left on base was something like 98% earlier in the year. He has a 154 Babbitt. That's all you need to know. He has a 4.9 Sierra. Like, yeah. what? What's his left on base percentage? It was crazy last time. Oh, 89. That's still pretty crazy, but. Yeah, he's just not good. <laughs> like, I mean, he's fine, but he's not this good. He's not $10,300 good. No, yeah. When he was 7K, you could play him, but uh, no. And anytime you get Seattle out of their home ballpark, I love them. Like, team yeah. has a ton of power that gets limited by that Safeco ballpark. Yeah, and the first two games in the series were high scoring. I expect the same uh, this time around. Vegas does two, ten and a half total here. Um, the Seattle side, love – Gamble, Cano, Cruz, Seager, um, Mitch Haniger batting in that two spot. Yep. All one through five. And then um, on the twin side, Sano sat on Tuesday, which kind of sucked because I definitely want to play him there. But, um, you know, Dozier, Sano, Kepler, Grossman, I think, is in play here. And then I always forget about Castro, but he's been swinging a good bat too. Yeah, he's been uh, really good the last couple weeks. Uh, 37% hard contact rate against righties. You can even look at Kenny's Vargas. He's been heating up a little bit, still 3,600 on DraftKings. So, yeah, I like the I like the twin stack quite a bit. Yeah, another spot that I just want to attack. So <laughs> Every offense in the slate we want, we want to target. Yeah, um, that is pretty much. <laughs> Pictures are bad. Oh, Milwaukee at St. Louis. Matt Garza against Mike Leak. Um, nine total here. Leak a huge favorite at 162. <sighs> Definitely not playing Garza. And you look at you look at Mike Leak, and he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Doesn't have a big strikeout rate. And I just I can't play him here. I'm embarrassed to say this, but I actually played Matt Garza earlier in the year. I did too. The, when he was on that little run where he wasn't like getting hit, yeah, and he's facing the Blue Jays at home. Well, like, the Blue Jays was awful. They're and so he bad. gave up like a hundred runs. Yeah, and, well, and I, I, I deserved it for sure. Yeah, he's given up what one, four, six over his last three starts. Um, he hasn't been pitching deep in the game, so you're going to get that Milwaukee bullpen. Um, Stop bats in this game. Let's talk. We'll start with the, the Milwaukee side. Um, Travis Shaw is back, and right when he came back, had another home run. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Uh, this isn't the best ballpark. I think I actually didn't talk about Leak, but I think you can look at him as a you know SP two at six eight hundred dollars. He's not a high strikeout guy, but elite ground ball rate, uh, really good against lefties and righties. So I don't hate him in cash games, but certainly not the upside play that you're looking for. Um, but yeah, you like lost Sean. me. You lost me at leak. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's actually a decent pitcher. He's real, a good real life pitcher. Real life pitcher, yeah. Yeah. I don't like stacking against him for what it's worth. Yeah. But like, I don't mind Travis Shaw and Eric Thames here. Yeah, for sure. Zeke is one of those guys. If I remember correctly, he'll give up some long balls. Um. 
Outside of that, though, outside of Thames and Shaw, is there anything else here in Milwaukee? Uh, the nerd. Oh, yeah. You guys love that guy, Baton Leadoff. <laughs> He's just been so good. I just don't ever look at him. He's a guy that you just like to cheer for, you know? Sure. Yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> He's just never a guy I play. Like, what do you have? Two or three home runs this season? Yeah. Hey, but 431 expect to pull, but sounds like he's so small, but nine, nine, 20% walk rate. You can't ignore that. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that's sustainable. Uh, on the Cardinal side here against Garza, um, if Matt Carpenter's in the leadoff spot. Oh, I was going to ask you, do you know much about this uh, Lewis Brinson call up from Milwaukee? Oh, on the Milwaukee side? Yeah. I don't. I don't either. I just saw him batting fifth in the early game yesterday. Was it just because they had the extra spot, or is he up up? I don't know. That's why I was asking you. Yeah, because he's twenty four hundred. Um. Yeah, it looks like he's up because of Ryan Braun. He's hitting three twelve this season with six home runs in AAA. All right. I'm looking up now. You now you got me looking up his stats. Job, notorious. Hey, that's, that's what we do. Yeah, I do it every day. No, I found some nice little tidbits yesterday when we were doing this. So, yeah. So for the Cardinals, love the lefties. You know, Garza has a ten percent walk rate, eleven percent strikeout rate, thirty percent, seven percent hard contact rate against lefties. So you can look at Carpenter and Fowler. And yeah, I mean, I don't hate the righties, but. You know, guards is certainly a lot better against righties than he is against lefties. Yeah, it looks like this guy's actually pretty good. Um, his brawl power grades out really well. Um, looks like he has a little bit of speed. They're saying he's comparable to like a John Jay. Nice. So there you go. They have uh, he's comparable to Andrew McCutcheon, but we don't know if it's McCutcheon. Two years ago, or McCutcheon now. <laughs> hey, he homered last night. Sure. <laughs> I miss the good McCutcheon. Yeah, I always drive through his hometown all the time. He's uh, he's from Florida. All right, last game of the night: New York, Los Angeles. Michael Pineda against Matt, the maker of shoes, shoemaker. Uh, eight total. Michael Pineda, a one thirty-three favorites. Only a one thirty-three favorite here against Matt Shoemaker. Um, what are we doing with Pineda? I'm so biased against this guy. He's been good this year. Yeah, he still throws those like four or five pitches a game right yeah. down the middle and they get smashed. And just I'm watching it all the time and it just drives me bonkers. Yeah, I'm a little concerned that he's such a small favorite. But I mean, if you don't want to play Kluber against the Dodgers, then I think you're going to play Pineda. Much better matchup, much better ballpark uh, for a pitcher. We know the Angels, it's not the same lineup without Trout. So, I mean, they don't strike out a whole lot, but even if his strikeout rate comes down to like 20%, you know, tonight, I'm fine with it. So, like, realistically, we're kind of worried about Cameron Maben, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, Michael Pineda throws two pitches against righties. He throws a fastball that averages 93.7, and he throws a slider that he has a 23% strikeout or swinging strike rate with. This season, Maven has a .028 ISO against the slider with a .241 xWOBA, and against that fastball, he has a .026 ISO with a .290 WOBA. Um, so then we look up Cole Calhoun. I just I'm kind of curious to see if this is just our guy today, and we just need to play him. Um, Cole Calhoun. So against lefties, he throws a changeup as well. So Calhoun against changeup. Decent, but not then great. Calhoun smashes sliders against righties, but he struggles against that speed of fastballs. No, 388 XO. So, really, Calhoun's the guy we're kind of worried about. Oh, old Albert. <laughs> old Albert. That keeps in home runs. Yeah. Albert Pulhos has a .093 ISO against sliders this season and a 151 ISO against that type of fastball this season. So, Realistically, I don't think we're too worried outside of Cole Calhoun here against for Pineda. So, um, yeah, I think Pineda's probably the play. I agree. 
which pains me to even think about saying, but yeah, just kind of, you know, you know, Escobar, 122 ISO against that fastball, 0.095 ISO against the slider. So, like, it's really easy when you have a guy like Pineda who, especially against righties, only throws two pitches, and you can really just kind of judge how well these that he's going to perform here against these, these guys because he throws his fastball – 48% in a slider, 47% he mixes in the change of about 4% against uh, righties. So, like, we know what he's going to throw, so we can really kind of get a good idea of what we're looking at here. And um, I've looked up the, the, the projected starting five or of the five, and um, Calhoun's the only one I'm worried about here. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to pay 11100 for Pineda, but we might have to do it. Yeah, we kind of talked about a lot of cheap options that we have interest yep. in today. So as bad as it sounds, like that's too. A lot of good values. Yeah, a lot of good values. So I think it's I think it's pretty easy to get Pineda. It might even be doable to get Pineda and Kluber. Who knows? A lot of value. Especially in that. Yeah, anyway. Um is there any bats that you like here? You know, I've been avoiding the Yankees in this series just because they're priced up, you know, like they're playing in a good ballpark. Uh, they're one through seven. Batters are all at least 4,200 on DraftKings. <laughs> it's just tough to do in this ballpark. Yeah. And, Maybe Judge uh, and Sanchez is one off, but. Yeah, you play Judge as a one off anytime you want. Um, Matt Shoemaker, 25% strikeout rate against righties this season, 35% hard contact. Um, I don't really – I like you said, like the prices are there. Like if you have the cap to, you know, play Gary Sanchez or Aaron Judge as a one-off, never hate that idea. And um, on the Angels side, I think we kind of just figured out like we're going to really like uh, Michael Pineda here. And uh, if you want to play Cole Calhoun as a one-off, um, I don't hate that looking at the – Batted ball profile. Yeah. That's it, man. We're done. Look at that. 14 games. No problem. Um, let's play some home run derby, and then you can give out some of your favorite golf picks today for this weekend. Sounds good. Uh, let you bat lead off here. All right. I'm going right uh, to the gold mine, Matt Harvey. I'm going to go Anthony Rizzo. Man, oh, man. Didn't waste any time there, did you? Well, then I'll go Chris Bryant. <laughs> I like it. And then I'm going to um, go Hunter Renfro. I like that one as well. Um, I'm going to go pick on Jordan Zimmerman and go Jake Lamb. Oh, man, that's a terrible pick. <laughs> you know, how's that chalk taste? <laughs> All right, I'll get one a little, uh, little more contrarian here. I found mine. I got the guy that I'm going to take as my contrarian play here. Oh, you can go ahead. No, I mean, you're gonna get your guy in here. I don't want to. I don't want to remind you of this game. That's why I want you go first. All right. All right. Since we talked about him and his ability to hit, uh, you know, high velocity fastballs, I'll go Shinsu Chu. Man, <laughs> you remember? I'm gonna go Odor. Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't want you to remember like that little tidbit we found out, but hey. Now listeners can be reminded that um, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, nice little tidbit there. So, oh man! All right, well, we're done with baseball, and we got a pretty important golf tournament this weekend. Um, I know you got all kinds of stuff here on Roto Grinders. You get the first look. Um, you're all over the premium, so I don't want you to give out too much here. But um, who do you like here? You know. So in terms of the type of golfer that we're looking for, you know, it's kind of changed throughout the week. At first, uh, when we saw the knee-high fescue, um, you know, right off, right off the fairways, a lot of people were kind of leaning towards the, you know, total driver types that can get it out there a long ways but also be pretty accurate. But, you know, it's going to – it's rained a lot this week, and it's expected to, you know, rain again uh, leading up toward the tournament. And they kind of mowed down some of the fescue today. Um, sounds like too many players complained and they kind of obliged toward um, the players. So I'm kind of leaning more towards the Bombers now. Um, so at the top, I mean, you really can't go wrong with DJ. Um, you know, Roy's dealing with the back injury. 
Day's kind of been gaining most of his strokes uh, around the green. He's had a lot of chip-ins, which have been, you know, a little bit fluky. But he does have a great U.S. Open track record. Uh, my guy at the top is going to be Ricky Fowler, though. 10,500. Um, his stats just line up perfectly. Uh, I'm hoping his miscut last week is going to kind of lower his ownership a little bit. Um, but he did finish second, you know, at the U.S. Open a few years ago. And other than last week, he's just been in great form um, all season. In terms of my favorite value plays, um, I like Francesco Molinari at 7,000. He's not the longest of hitters, but he is a world-class player. Uh, his Vegas odds kind of stand out a little bit. I like Louis Ustazen. Always shows up for the majors. Really grades out well, you know, as a U.S. Open type player. And then, uh, you know, going a little bit cheaper. We talked about it before the pod. I like old man Lee Westwood. I think it's a really good spot for him. Uh, he's been coming in in good form. He's an elite ball striker. He's kind of getting up there in age, but uh, showed up at the Masters, and I don't hear a lot of buzz about him, so I'm hoping he's going to be a little bit low-owned at 6,800. All right, there, I was reading something earlier today. I don't remember where I was reading it, but there was a name that just continued to stick out to me, and I wanted to get your thoughts. I waited to ask you because I know I'm going to mess up this guy's name. Um, is it Charles Schwartzel? Yeah, Charles Schwartzel. Oh, look at that. Almost there got it. Go. Yeah. Um, but I've seen a lot of things about like how this course really fits him. Yeah, so a lot of people are looking toward you know the European Tour type of golfers. This is a Lynx style course, and uh, Schwartzel, second place finish last week, uh, T35 the week before. He does have a good U.S. Open track uh, record. And 7,300 is really cheap for a guy of his, uh, you know, caliber of a player. And he's playing with uh, his fellow countryman, Louis Ustazen, so I like that. So, yeah, 7,300, definitely a good price for him. All right. Um, over, under on Phil Mickelson playing. So I saw, I actually saw one of the sports books had a line on it. I believe it was uh, like minus 2,800 for him not to play. So they gave it. So you had to lay like two hundred eighty bucks to win ten. Man, if you if you bet for him to not play, if you get like any kind of inside information on Phil Mickelson <laughs> making this tournament, and like everybody's fading him, and he's like eighty five hundred, right? Like I know he's like pretty cheap, right? Yeah. Like if you get any kind of inside information, you just have a massive edge this weekend. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of funny, like. You hear all these stories about Phil, and you just don't think of him as a family man. I mean, he's like a big-time gambler, and he had some insider trading stuff going on and all this other stuff. But uh, So, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of the whole missing the U.S. Open for the high school graduation. But uh, It doesn't yeah, I mean, shock me. Like I, He's really close with his wife and daughter. So it's, I, it's, for the right reasons, I, I'm on board with it. But It doesn't shock me. So. Um, I was going to mention uh, only 60 players and ties make the cut this week, and there's 156 in the field. So you may want to take you know a little bit of a safer route um, in cash games. If you can get 6-6 six six through this week, you're going to be sitting really pretty. All right, so I've never done it before, Derek. I've never done it. Um, so you were so close last week. I was so close last week. And then you told me like my, my guy like missed an easy putt on 18. Ten-footer. I was like, I didn't need to know that. I can make a ten footer, not on a, probably not on a pro course, but <laughs> it was Boo Weekly, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. He's yeah. the worst putter on tour, I think. Pretty of close. course he is. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, man. Well, we appreciate the little tidbits here uh, for golfers. So I'm looking for my first time trying to get six through six through. Looking at the millionaire maker, we're looking at all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, if you want to get into some golf and you, you know, are just kind of looking at anything here, make sure you guys are checking out Play Draft. They have an awesome little golf product there, head-to-head -head drafts, and um, you don't have to know a lot about golf to be able to play their golf products. So check that out. Um, I have before made six through six on their app. So anyway, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, just make sure to you know, read all the great golf content we have out there. Uh, lineup Builder is ready to go. So if you want to fire at the Million Maker. And uh, we're doing a PJ Roundtable on Grinders Live tomorrow morning. So probably during the time you're listening to this podcast. There you go. Make sure you guys are checking that out. And if you don't catch it live, it'll be on demand. So it's going to do it here for the morning grind. As always, make sure you head on over to Play Draft. Check out our sponsor. It's playdraft.com backslash grinders. That way you guys get a 100% deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. 
We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. Good luck in your contest tonight. We'll see you then. Hey Grinders, we're the Tour Junkies and we've got a great PGA product available now in the Roto-Grinders Marketplace. With reports from course pros and caddies, we cover all the info you need to pick the best golfers every week. Gain an edge with articles including Straight From The Head Pro's Mouth, Trash To Treasure Picks, The Fade Train, plus we'll answer all your last minute questions in our live chat on Wednesday nights before lineup lock. Memberships are only $5.99 per week or $125 for the whole PGA season. So sign up in the Roto-Grinders Marketplace and start building better PGA lineups today. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and lead gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease.